Chapter 8 Saturday morning was a good time to travel up I-270 to Frederick. A few cars on the road were probably leaf peepers heading to western Maryland, avoiding a longer trip to Skyline Drive in Virginia. Any weekday morning, this stretch of road would have been jammed owing to area commuters living farther and farther from downtown D.C. With all the businesses springing up along the I-270 corridor, I'd heard that traffic was as bad heading out as in. Once again, I gave thanks for my two-block commute. Marzetti lived in a new development just outside Frederick's historic district, cul-de-sacs with look-alike two-story houses. The term suburban palatial came to mind. Marzetti's house sported a brick facade with yellow siding and bright white trim. The man who answered the door appeared to be in his late 20s or early 30s with a shock of red hair and sleepy brown eyes. He wore gray sweats and a faded blue t-shirt. Mr. Marzetti, I'm Sam McRae. I'm an attorney working for Brad Higgins. He took over your position when you left Cosmic Games. Right. So what's this about? I'd like to ask a few questions. A slim, dark-haired woman in jeans and an oversized top wandered over and placed a protective hand on Rosetti's arm. She gave me a curious look. What's up? Just something about my old job. He removed her hand and stepped outside. This won't take long, honey, he called over his shoulder before shutting the door. With a hand on my back, he drew me away from the house. So much for a tour of Mercedes' mini-mance, maybe another time. I stopped before we reached the curb. Right before you left Cosmic, I understand you found a suspicious account in the account's payable system. Was the vendor ITN Consultants? His brow furrowed. I don't remember. Which don't you remember? Finding a suspicious account or the vendor's name? I caught a glimpse of Marzetti's wife peeking from behind a curtain. Neither one. So you never spoke to your old boss, Daryl Cooper, about a suspicious vendor account? I don't know. It's been a year since I worked at Cosmic. I can't remember everything I did while I was there. Why? I ignored the question. I'm assuming that if you'd found a suspicious account, you would remember, wouldn't you? I don't know. It wasn't my job to look for them. I just set up the accounts and paid the vendors. Daryl Cooper was supposed to keep an eye out for any problems. What problems in particular? Rosetti shrugged. Excessive costs, lack of information on who ordered from the vendor, what they ordered, that kind of thing. So your job was confined to paying the bills. He nodded so vigorously I thought he'd get whiplash. Right. You might want to ask Cooper about this suspicious account. He turned toward the house. But someone told me you had mentioned a suspicious account appearing in the system before you left, I said. His eyes flashed anger. Who told you that? Whoever did is a liar. How would you know? You said you couldn't remember. He stopped short, wearing a deer-in-the-headlights expression. You... You're trying to trick me. Put words in my mouth. No, I just want to verify that there was an account for ITN consultants in the system before Brad came on board. Nobody's accusing you of anything. Look, 
Just leave me alone, okay? I don't know anything about any fake vendor, he snarled. I didn't say it was a fake vendor. I enunciated each word with care. I said it was a suspicious account. Now, why don't you tell me what you know about this? Marzetti's eyes darted around. Look, he said, I don't remember an account, suspicious or phony or whatever you want to call it. And I don't know anything about this ITC or whatever they're called. And as for Cosmic, I'm through with that place. So you can quit wasting your time and mine. He did an about-face and stomped toward Marzetti Manor. As I drove up I-95 to Philadelphia, I pondered Marzetti's reaction. Maybe, like Brad, he had stumbled across something he wasn't supposed to find. Odd that Marzetti, like Cooper, had left so quickly and so soon after discovering the problem. Had he planned on leaving, or did finding the account have something to do with it? Perhaps someone... Cooper had warned him not to tell anyone about the account. Cooper could have found a way to hack into the system and create the account, and maybe after Brad raised the alarm again, Cooper cut bait and ran, taking most of the money and leaving some of it behind to implicate Brad. An interesting theory, but that's all it was. I needed hard proof. It took me less than two hours to reach Cooper's place, a dilapidated row house in a shabby North Philly neighborhood, one of several identical iterations squeezed together. The building looked tired, as if the only reason it stood was the support from its twin brothers on either side. I parked in an alley littered with old syringes, spent condoms, and broken glass. As I climbed the stoop, I had to wonder... What's a former corporate middle manager doing in a shithole like this? I rang the bell. While waiting, I had time to consider if Duval had led me to the wrong Daryl Cooper. Duval had said this was a forwarding address. Maybe he was just having his mail sent here and living somewhere else. Then why not get a post office box? I knocked and waited some more, thinking of cheesesteaks. I hoped I could get one far from this godforsaken neighborhood. The door opened a crack. A pale-faced woman with sharpe wrinkles stuck her snout under the chain. The odor of cigarettes and B.O. drifted out. Watch a selling, she asked. Nothing, I said. I'm looking for Daryl Cooper. Really? Well, ain't he the popular one? Does he live here? Depends on what you call living. He keeps his shit here and stops in from time to time. When did he move in? Couple weeks ago. Right around the time he quit Cosmic, so it probably was the right Daryl Cooper. And someone else has come to see him? Who wants to know? She brought a hand up and poked a smoldering cigarette between her lips. You a cop? No, but I need to talk to him. Well, he ain't here right now. Her cigarette bobbed as she spoke. Fact, I ain't seen him for two, three days, maybe. So who else was here to see him, and when? She shifted her hand and rubbed her fingers together. 
fork it over, she said. I gave her a twenty, wondering if it was enough. It seemed to please her. She took the cigarette in her stubby fingers and a cloud of smoke drifted from her mouth. She smiled, revealing a missing molar on the upper left. A big, bulky guy in a fancy suit come round, had light blonde buzz-cut hair. He acted like a cop, and I could tell he carried a piece. She patted the area just below her shoulder. A gun? Nah, a piece of cake. Yeah, gun, what do you think? I soldiered on with the questioning, despite the odd feeling that I was starring in the Philadelphia version of The Wire, as written by Damon Runyon. When was this again? About three days ago, I guess. That was the last time you saw Cooper, right? Right. Cooper didn't seem too happy to hear about the guy. Not happy how? She shrugged. I don't know. Not terribly upset or nothing. Just not happy. You said he was popular. Anyone else been looking for him? She nodded. Yep. Impatient with her monosyllabic responses, I struggled to maintain my cool. And who was that? She lifted her hand and did another finger rub. I pulled out another twenty. This was adding up. I wondered how I'd describe it in my expense account. Research? Worked for me. Two times a tall, skinny nigger come by looking for him. Yesterday and the day before, he was in a uniform, so the first time I opened up, thought he was UPS or something, but I should have known it wasn't because the uniform color weren't right. He was in blue, not brown. Like a blue jumpsuit? Yeah, like that. Can you describe him? Looked like a nigger, just like any other. Long hair, short, light skin, dark? I tried to prod her to describe him in greater detail than just the N-word. It may have been too much for this woman. Anything you remember? I don't know. Brown skin, dark eyes, short hair. She ran through the description in a sing-song. Just another old, young, I said, before she could spit the word out again. Not old, not young. You can never tell with them people. Any distinguishing marks, a scar, a tattoo? She shook her head. Nothing on his face but a damn smile. At least till I told him Mr. Cooper weren't here. I couldn't tell you about any tattoos. His arms and legs was all covered up. She sucked on the cigarette. How about the other guy, the big blonde one? Is there anything special you can remember about him? Nah. Just what I tell you. Did either of these guys give a name? Are you kidding? Did either of them tell you anything about why they wanted to talk to Cooper? Nah, and I weren't about to ask the big cop no questions. I just told him Cooper weren't here and the guy left. She snorted in a wet, throat-clearing way that made me wince. Goodbye, good riddance to him. What about the black man? 
He just said he needed to talk to Daryl Cooper. I said he wasn't in. He asked, when was I expecting him back? I said I didn't expect anything because it wasn't my job to keep track of my tenants' comings and goings. I told him he'd have to try again another time, and he'd go off all in a huff. He'd come back again the next day, only I didn't open up this time. The crow's feet around her eyes scrunched as she winked at me. So, do you know where Daryl Cooper is? No clue. Like I said, not my job to keep track of his comings and goings. I'm assuming he'll be back, though. Why is that? All his shit's still here, that's why. You don't pay me for next month and it's still here? Out on the street it goes. Miss... I never got your name. McCutcheon. Elva McCutcheon. Could I take a quick look at his room? She smiled. I had my wallet open before she could lift her hand.